0: Welcome to the Recovery Hour on News Radio KLBJ, hosted by Personal Responsibility Recovery. Join the conversation, call or text now at 512 836 0590. Now, here's your host, Mark Myers. And I want to welcome everyone to the Recovery Hour with Dr.
1: Kirby Stewart. So, this is our second Monday evening show. Uh, thank you, KLBJ uh, 590, for making it where we can be at a little bit. Uh, A little more popular time, 6 to 7. And uh, just very quickly, there's a lot of folks that probably haven't heard about the Recovery Hour. We used to be on Sundays. The Recovery Hour is brought to you by Personal Responsibility Recovery. We're a small 12-bed substance use treatment, uh, substance use disorder treatment center, alcohol addiction. And... uh, you know, we say at the onset of every show, we as an industry, as a community, we have to do better. Substance use disorder, addiction, alcohol, opioid crisis, number one cause of death now in the United States from 18 to 45-year-old range, and, and that's just astounding That we that that's that, that just not in the headlines every single day. So the goal of our show is to normalize discussions about addiction. It's a shame-based disease. We always say it's one of the only... One of the only diseases, the only mental illness that comes with uh, with shame, with uh, with guilt for the victim and the victim's family, and we need to normalize those conversations. We need to uh, somehow get beyond the stigma of addiction. It's not a moral failing. It's not it's not bad habits. It's not bad choices. It's the lack of choice. It is a mental illness uh, that. That's going to get on a lot of folks, and and with us today, of course, Dr. Kirby Stewart, our our host. Good is this good evening. Hi everybody. Yeah, this good is, afternoon. This is I'm, good I'm not
2: evening. I think good, well, evening. good evening. Let's okay. call it evening. Let's call it's it evening. PM. All right, Let's and our
1: and our and our other guest, uh, Dr. William Loving, who hello, uh, Dr. Loving, our our medical director. We're so incredibly fortunate to have Dr. William Loving as part of our. Part of our team. Thank you, man. and uh, Dr. Kirby, you got you got a lot going on. I don't I don't know who all these people are in the control room. Well, yeah, <laughs> I know the listening audience
2: can't see what's going on in here, but we're uh, we have special guests uh, tonight uh, from Elephant Productions who uh, are creating a documentary. Actually, uh, they received uh, some support from the Hog Foundation to. Uh, create an educational documentary pilot that uh, provides a high-level history of substance use disorder recovery in Texas. So they're basically talking to individuals who've been uh, key uh, players in instituting uh, systemic change in the state of Texas uh, with regards to the development of recovery uh, as opposed to uh, the simple business-as-usual uh, treatment uh, model that uh, existed uh, prior to this uh, recovery movement that got underway. Uh, they're here to uh, uh, video or, or film uh, myself, Dr. Loving, and, and Mark, our founder at Personal Responsibility Recovery to see if they can find a spot for us in the documentary, I suspect. Uh, They've already interviewed me, and uh, I invited them to uh, join us in this effort. And I I basically did so really quickly here because I understood as I was interviewed by them how much my experience with recovery-oriented systems of care impacted what we're doing at Personal Responsibility Recovery and I wanted to highlight that. And in in short, the emphasis of uh, recovery-oriented systems of care is on relationship, and healthy relationship is viewed as the key to recovery. Uh, We've talked often on the show about how addiction is isolating and about how folks who develop addictions tend to have been isolated even before they ever picked up. And I've found in my professional and personal experience that the remedy for addiction is actually connection. And so the recovery-oriented system of care was born out of the realization that that was the case and that the treatment model in which large numbers of people are enrolled in a program and then more or less herded through that program with minimal opportunities to develop close relationships with nurturing uh, professionals and guides, uh, that, that, that way of doing business just doesn't work. And Mark, you've often said that we've got to do better. It's my personal conviction that we do do better when clients have close interaction with staff and So to that end, you know, at Personal Responsibility Recovery, we've created a program in which there are four or five professional staff members available at all times for a facility that only, uh, when full, has 12 12, uh, enrollees. So uh, we have approximately a two-to-one ratio of uh, clients to staff, and that gives us a lot of time for staff members to be closely involved with clients, monitoring very closely their progress in recovery, which progress is all about building relationship uh, and developing a capacity to connect with other people in such a way that they're spiritually edified by that experience. So that's basically what I wanted to introduce for the documentary and for the, the, the listening audience to our show here today. Uh, I want to invite everyone in our listening audience to consider the possibility that they could be assisted out of their addiction uh, by developing healthy connections with people around them. And if that uh, involves coming to a a treatment center for assistance in that regard, then please keep personal responsibility recovery in mind. Uh, That's what I have to say about that.
1: Well, Dr. Kirby, Thank as you. always, just uh, we're so fortunate to have you as our spiritual director. Uh, Dr. Loving's our medical director. He's over there studying, and and that's uh, hmm. that's that's I guess kind of what doctors. Well, do. I'm reading.
3: I'm reading a little pamphlet. from A pamphlet about,
1: that is. We've got about a minute or a minute and a half before our first break coming up. Just uh, can I say a few things? Absolutely. Uh, from
3: Narcotics Anonymous. It says, uh, "Am I an addict?" Have you ever used a drug that you didn't know you didn't know what it was, and you didn't know how it would affect you? Have you ever been ashamed or felt guilty about your drug use? Um, do you continue to use despite negative consequences? Have you ever had an overdose on drugs? That could be, a, I guess, a blackout too from alcohol or some other drug. Uh, has it affected your your sexual or your home life? Um, there, there's a thing called functional alcoholic, and these are there cases of people who. have drunk up fifth a day till the end of their 60s, and they say they're a functional alcoholics because they've, they've done well in their business, say. But you ask their home situation, they're not functional at all. Their home is a shambles. So these, these are just some of the questions you might ask yourself to, if, you, if you think you have a, a drug problem. Have you avoided places where people don't use drugs? Do you think you can't function or can't have fun without taking a drug? Uh, I think that would probably go for alcohol, too. But anyway. There's,
1: there's some 28 of those questions, and I guess the, the interesting part of that for me is the average person probably is not going to answer yes, except to maybe one or two of those. I'm 28 out of 28, which is kind of <laughs> scary. <laughs> so there, there wasn't yeah. a question for me. And, and I know that, you know, the adage of one addict helping another is uh, without parallel, and... You know, if you want to join our conversation, we're up against a break, but if you want to join our conversation, 512 836 0590. We're going to be back in uh, just a moment.
0: Like what you hear? Make sure you never miss a show every Sunday at noon. Go to personalresponsibilityrecovery.com to learn more. Now, back to the Recovery Hour on News Radio KLBJ with Mark Myers.
1: And welcome back to the Recovery Hour, uh, News Radio 590. AM and uh,
0: I think it's 99.7
1: FM. I, I never listened to that one yet. Yeah, Tiger's nodding his head. Okay, 99.7. Uh, here with Dr. Kirby Stewart, of course, our uh, spiritual director, Dr. William Leving, our, our medical director. And, uh, you know, again, if you're just joining us, uh, we're a small private facility. Um, our goal is to destigmatize addiction, to join conversations about it, to have people join us. Um, got a lot going on in the studio this afternoon. Dr. Uh, Dr. Kirby Stewart's talking, uh, talking with us a lot about, about the connections that are needed, and, and on the break, he and Dr. Dr. Loving were discussing how isolation is such a key part of our disease. It's such a key part of um, what keeps us going in addiction is the guilt, the shame, the isolation. And when we were going on those questions, you know, people, some of those questions, I think, uh, do they affect your family? Do they affect family gatherings? Do they affect what you will normally do? As in, if there's not alcohol and drugs there, you're not going to partake. Things like baseball games, things like kids recitals, things like that. And those are such huge warning signs uh, early on in in addiction has been my experience. And obviously, Dr. Stewart, you have a lot more experience than I do on that. and, And I know the connections is such an important part of what we do and
2: uh yeah i i wanted to mention uh, the phenomenon of denial uh, arises as the primary symptom really (laughs) of addiction Uh, it's the cardinal symptom of addiction and i wanted to suggest that denial arises quite naturally out of isolation because when you're isolated, you do not have access to the relational support that you need in order to uh, gain sustenance, so to speak. In order to feel viable on an everyday basis as we venture out into the world, relationships are key To promoting a felt sense of personal viability. When you do not have those relationships in place, or at least if you've turned those relationships into strategic manipulations on your part to get what you want from your environment, then you're going to have to go into denial. And you will be in denial of your fundamental needs. And what ends up happening in addiction is the addiction itself replaces those needs.
1: It's a vicious, vicious Vicious cycle. cycle.
3: Denial is okay. kind of like fertilizer for the disease. It just grows and grows. And uh, grows. And um, the, I like to say that uh, addiction, to, to get sober, it's, it's a team sport, not an individual sport. Using is an individual sport. Really, life is a team sport. So you're right. Like you're yeah. Making more connections. And there's a spiritual side to the connections, I think, too. Or, we've, you, we've, you can say more about that, I think,
1: Kirby. Yeah, we've got a phone call holding here. I'm going to grab it real quick. Sure. Hi, you are Paul, I believe, uh, on the air with the Recovery Hour. How can we help?
4: Yeah. Hi. Um, uh, thanks for taking my call. I, you know, had a question about uh, your transportation and how it relates to, especially those who, uh, you know, who are fresh out of recovery, and and how how difficult it can be for folks moving into, you know. Transitionary housing uh, who require employment and then having transportation to and from that employment from their house and and in big cities like Texas, in Texas, like San Antonio and Dallas and Austin, just how hard it is to, uh, you know, for those recovering to, to find transportation in a way that they can get employment in a way that's close to their place they're going to recover. It, I found it
5: for a lot of my family members a, a, a real. Challenging
1: sticking point. I'm just wondering, you know, if you could just maybe speak to some of those challenges. Absolutely, also, absolutely. It's um, a It's a great question, and uh, I'm I'm going to go ahead and answer that, Paul. And uh, appreciate the phone call. Um, so, um, the core question is, is I, I guess I've got to back up on that. So, when you go in through a Treatment programs such as ours, such as Personal Responsibility Recovery, one of the key, key elements that some treatment centers do and some don't is discharge planning. And discharge planning, if you come through a treatment center and at the end of 28 days, 45 days, 60 days, whatever that is, and you're just tossed and say, okay, you did great, here's your certificate, that's an incredibly hard thing to face. So a good discharge plan is imperative, and that would by, include
3: the transportation issue. It mm-hmm. it
1: needs to be you know we're we're we are good friends with uh, you know John Hardham, Elevate Recovery uh, Sober Living Homes, Patrick Hensley, an amazing human being uh, who has sober living homes, transitional homes, if you will. Um, they're set up where, where we can help with the bus passes. Help with you know humility is part of it. There's going to be some bus passes involved when you're starting with nothing. Uh, there's going to be what we call a starter job. There's going to be employment that may not be your dream job, but the humility to take that. Um, getting back into classes. Getting back into uh, just re-entering the world. And I guess I guess it depends on the level of severity, maybe. And and but. To have the community that you become part of—that's that's the reason we embrace the twelve-step program. Well, Mark, isn't it true
3: that in AA or NA meetings, you can get rides to the meetings? Absolutely, pretty, you just have to
1: ask. And you just have to ask. And you know,
3: when you when you're using drugs, you'll do almost anything and be very creative about it. getting the drugs or 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 hiding you the fact that you're drinking and during the day and so forth and if you can use that same creativity and ingenuity and people that have this disease i think tend to be smarter and and uh, more creative than the average person uh, well, when when you're sober <laughs> when you're not yeah all bets are off so exactly so, yeah but it
2: your initial point though uh, deserves to be underscored mark and that is that we try in our discharge planning to put uh, graduates of our program in housing situations in which they have access to transportation. It does no good if an individual is gonna be cut off from the community that they need to support their recovery. Uh, It it, it just doesn't work. And that's part of what recovery-oriented systems of care actually was all about, is building wraparound services for people and putting people in communities of care where they could ask for help and get transportation, for example, and as Dr. Loving has pointed out, lots of times your your best friends in recovery are people who can offer you help in, in those in those ways. So I, you know, an individual just getting out of treatment, left to his own devices, is not likely to succeed. It does take
1: a team, and and Dr. Loving, you were, and and Dr. Stewart, you too, both instrumental in Communities for Recovery. Uh, founded- yeah, there's
3: a really good uh, volunteer um, um, organization called Communities for Recovery. It's very successful. They have a lot of, they help, help. they just facilitate people's recovery. And I, I don't have the phone number exactly, but I'm, I'm sure it's listed somewhere. They have a building that's at, that was given to them at the state hospital. And uh, that's a real good uh, organization to get connected with uh, for
1: that sort of thing. Um, it it takes a lot of it takes a lot of effort. Um, there's an old joke in the in the twelve step meetings. You used every day. Do something for your recovery every day. And mm-hmm. and you know we would go to any links to get the substance. We would go to any links to get the alcohol. Uh, go to any links to find your recovery, mm-hmm. uh, and that involves riding a bus. It involves, you know, maybe walking somewhere. Um, I I don't get into my personal story a whole lot, but. You know, when I got out of Austin State Hospital, my first paycheck was a bicycle, so I didn't have to walk to work, and uh, you in, know, in, that, in the that was a big upgrade for me. People, <laughs> in, people
3: in sobriety uh, get high from helping other people. Absolutely, like so. and uh, the uh, uh, the communities for recovery, the volunteer uh, program, their their motto is is give to keep. You have to give it away to keep it. There is a saying in and. In, uh, Twelve-step programs that you have to give away sh- your sobriety to keep it. Meaning you have to help the newcomer, and it just ele- makes your sobriety that much richer. Uh, so there are lots of people that are that that need you that, that help your need that meet your needs. <laughs> right. so that they can get that high and they can, and, and it's right. a it's a it's a wonderful thing. Really, yeah, it if is. you it, tap into. That's
2: why I keep using the word community over and over again because it is a community. People succeed in community and they fail alone. But in a practical sense, Paul, also we uh, try our best to line up our program uh, graduates with recovery coaches or a recovery navigator, someone who's trained to assist them navigating the difficult path of uh, post-treatment recovery, long-term recovery. and and so there are recovery navigators, recovery coaches that are available from communities for recovery. By the way,
1: exactly, exactly. Yes. And and Atomic Souls is an an incredible organization yeah. as well. There's just a a lot of what's called IOPs uh, or or outpatient. Um, and we're we're coming up on a break again. It always amazes me how quickly 15 minutes goes or 10 minutes. Paul, goes. I don't know if we said anything that was. Helpful. Oh well, Paul. Uh, Paul's gone. Um, <laughs> yeah. Hopefully, Paul, you're still listening. Um, you know the the it gets back to the like Dr. Stewart was saying recovery is a team sport, and Dr. Loving was saying it is a team sport. And what you find in recovery is there is no guilt, there is no shame. There are people who want to help you, and the rooms are full of them. And a, a good treatment center, there's no judgment here. It's just about getting your life back. Well, once um, you're
3: sober, there you don't have sh- you don't have shame your life going forward, but you don't. This is a disease, like you said, comes with a lot of shame, like no other diseases. It's also the only disease that tells
1: you you're not sick, which is the denial part. Yeah. That's always amazing. There's, there's an, you know, if you see a little spot on your hand, you'll like go on the internet and you'll, you'll Google it and drive yourself nuts to see if it's skin cancer. And if you think it is, you run to the doctor and kick the oncologist's door open. But if you have four blackouts a day and you miss work six times, yeah, I might have a problem. I don't know. I'll figure that out later. So <laughs> that's that's always
2: been kind I don't need of a, to stop drinking. I just need to change the way I drink. Absolutely. Yep. Let me let me try something else. The maybe maybe we quit can do that. Tomorrow is a famous Yeah, I'll, quit I'll I'll
1: quit. And you know I always say if I'm going to relapse, I'll drink tomorrow. Um, not today. <laughs> yeah. Today doesn't come. We're coming up against a break, and uh, we're going to turn it back over there uh, for the news, and we'll be back. Again, if you want to join us, 512-836-0590.
0: Like what you hear? Make sure you never miss a show every Sunday at noon. Go to personalresponsibilityrecovery.com to learn more. Now, back to the Recovery Hour on News Radio KLBJ with Mark Myers.
1: And good evening again. Thank you for joining us on the Recovery Hour, uh, brought to you by Personal Responsibility Recovery, of course. We're just a small 12 bed treatment center that uh, handles substance use disorder, alcoholism, addiction. Uh, Of course, Dr. Kirby Stewart, our spiritual director, Dr. William Loving, our medical director, here in the studio with me this evening. And uh, talking, uh, this last segment, we were talking about how hard it is and. the isolation that one feels coming out of recovery, but but also getting into recovery, uh, as Doctor as Doctor Loving pointed out, you know this is uh, isolation is one of the main symptoms of this disease, along with denial and and you know those questions that were brought out early in the show. Uh, you know a lot of people feel those, and and the average person doesn't have a blackout in the last year. Uh, they don't miss work uh, repeatedly because of. Substance use disorder. They don't. Uh, they don't argue with spouses about. Am I an addict? Am I drinking too much? Uh, those are. Those are some pretty big red flags, is my understanding. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm. I'm of course, in recovery myself. So I. I have experienced that denial, and. Uh, I can tell you the last. The last. Uh, last few years have been a little bit better, um, to say the <laughs> least. <laughs> Life is. Uh, Life's turned around, okay. I don't ride a bicycle from downtown to UT anymore, which is uh, very grateful in the weather that we've recently had. But, you know, one of the biggest things about our program is developing those connections. We don't just check boxes off that, that, as Dr. Kirby was talking about the treatment that has been here, Dr. Stewart, um, that it's morphed into, it's just morphed into a big business. And, uh... You know, it, it's, again, it's the leading cause of death, substance use disorder. It's, well, yeah, it's,
3: and the treatment program, uh, personal responsibility is not owned by a corporation.
1: We're not owned by a corporation. In fact, we're employee-owned. and uh,
2: no, It's not limited by the medical model or the fee-for-service model. It's not. What it's we not. do is not given to us by insurance companies.
3: Yeah,
1: it's, it's uh, not dictating. It's what's best for the addict. It truly is an individual and an addict alcoholic. I, yeah. I use the word addict because that's that's how I describe myself. I guess, but you know, as as we get back into uh, as we get back into the show, I guess I want to as we talk about destigmatizing. If any of this is ringing true, pick a place to start. That's the that's the big message that we always have on here. Um, it is the leading cause of death. The volume of people, or, or the number of deaths last year, it, it is mind-boggling to me. And and I say this on our Sunday show, and I'll say it out here as well. It's, you know, it's like 9/11 happening every eight days in this country. Oh God. Yeah. That's the volume of accidental overdoses. Is there's over three thousand? Well, was over ten thousand people a month. Um, there's are an example coming.
3: of people taking a drug and not knowing what is in it. Taking it because if it if, if, will if change how you feel. To be in you know Xanax pills that are made uh, underground, and uh, a lot of drugs is put in a lot of stuff. <laughs> yeah, Next methamphetamine
2: stuff. <laughs> nowadays has fentanyl in it. Cocaine has fentanyl. Heroin in it. has it. In. It's yeah, uh,
1: so. one pill kills is the saying now, and and we do have a call coming in with uh, with some questions about addiction. Um, and uh, Bob, thank you for calling the Recovery Hour. Uh, this is Mark Myers with Doctor Kirby Stewart, Doctor William Loving. How can we help? Good
4: afternoon. Good afternoon. Are are you primarily interested in uh treatment versus prevention? Yes, sir. Or if you All right. Well then then maybe my call is not appropriate because I, I have a thought about uh, prevention of addiction. But Let's hear it. I'd uh, I'd love your, to hear
2: what sure. you have to say. What, Bob. By the way, what's personally, personally we're all very, very much involved in prevention. We just professionally or involved in treatment or recovery initiation. I understand. I understand.
4: Yeah. Uh, so that, that's why I asked that. I'm a retired attorney, practiced for 45 years. In that period of time, I would be appointed uh, various times by the district court judge to represent indigence, mm. meaning somebody who was uh, mm-hmm. looking at a sure. felony but didn't have the money to hire, hire a lawyer. And over that 45-year span, I uh, dealt with several dozen of these indigents. And I tell you, every single one of them, every single one of them was a high school dropout. Uh-huh. I never represented a high school graduate, never was appointed to represent a college graduate, and the reason they dropped out was couldn't read. And the reason they couldn't read was a program called No Child Left Behind. Now. So we, they were quitting school, ninth grade, tenth grade, whenever they turned 16. Or grandma would come up and say, I'm going to homeschool. What a farce that was. But none of that, the school was happy for them to leave because they were disruptive in the classrooms because they couldn't read. So what did they do then? They were out on the street, no job skills, couldn't even get in the army. You got to have a high school diploma to get in the army for gosh sakes. So they can't even get in the Army.
3: So your prevention so ideas is they to turn, they turn education? to
4: whatever, and that's drugs and alcohol.
1: Right. So, so education obviously plays a tremendous role. I will say I know personally a lot of incredibly educated folks who after college later in life have succumbed to addiction. Our belief yes. is that addiction is not necessarily the uh, –
2: it, it's it, less it's a result of surrounding calamitous existence. It rather is the cause of the calamitous existence. So, yeah. you know, these kids may not have been able to read and they couldn't graduate from high school, but that's not the cause of their addiction per se. It's associated with worsening addiction, but the addiction probably precedes those difficulties. And whether that's the truth or not, uh, we're all in favor of enhanced education. Also, I th- I think you would agree, Bob, that the uh, the loss of parental guidance and healthy parental roles in the lives of a lot of children is playing a role as well.
4: Yes, but to do that, to address that, do you want to? Ch- is a task that none of us can take on, and that's to change the whole society of the United States of America, where we have 50% divorce. <laughs> yeah.
2: Where we have well, both. That's,
3: well, yeah, uh,
1: we're probably well, not going to be able to do that. That that's probably not a that's probably not something that uh, uh, yeah, you we know can
2: take on. But I did want to make can. that comment about. Well, the well
5: then that's
1: why
4: addiction. I asked the question: Are, are you right. are you interested in treatment or prevention? And it sounds like your good programs are are are, are more toward. Uh, toward treatment and that's fine. I just uh, yeah. had that thought while I was listening to you so I just put in that thought we got to keep yeah. them in school and we got to graduate them so they have a job skill otherwise they're going to turn to and I'm not disputing your comment about well there's something something underlying there.
3: Well, the drug you anyway, will just always that accept,
1: accept them. That's true. to it on and to so
3: forth you, you feel know really separate from society too and
1: yeah uh, it does it's that that type of lack of education causes the isolation that we were talking about and yeah you know it's a it is a very very vicious deal I I can't remember the gentleman on our show who said it but you are never going to win the uh, what was it the supply side of the war on drugs you're only going to win the demand side, oh, yeah. We, and, and we have, we have actually, to reduce the demand in that. Yeah, and that, headway, yeah, and that, that is prevention. Demand. It is, Bob. I sure appreciate you calling. Uh, thank you so much you, for Bob. listening in, sir. And you know, my uh, mama
2: taught me how to read.
1: Uh, mine did too. <laughs> Joe, you're on the air with the Recovery Hour. This is uh, Mark Myers, Doctor William Loving, Doctor Kirby Stewart. How can we help?
5: Oh, man, I just want to share. Also, um, my name is Joe alcoholic and addict, man, I made the best decision 20 years ago to change my lifestyle. And I just want to encourage everybody who's listening, if you're really tired of the lifestyle, change it if you really want it. There's help. I got help through Alcoholics Anonymous, and man, my life has been not the greatest, but I could cope with life without drugs and without alcohol.
1: Well, God bless you, sir, and we appreciate you calling in and giving that support. At uh, the twelve-step programs uh, in our communities are absolutely amazing, and oh, and,
3: and everybody that newcomers are going to be anxious going, but once you get there, yes. you're going to find out that they're they're people maybe you even used with with one time, and uh, and yep. also the people there have their own stories too. Often they're more you know worse than your story of of, of, of losses you've had in your life
1: so
5: exactly it's 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 a sharing of of other experiences yep and uh and joe we're coming up that's what helps you
1: it does we're coming up on a break here we sure appreciate you calling in with us thank you for listening and uh that call went away as well there we go uh we're gonna if you want to join us of course 512-836-0590 call or text and we're going to be right back for our last segment after the break here
0: Providing professional opinions, resources, and guidance for addiction treatment every Sunday from noon to 1. The Recovery Hour with Mark Myers.
1: And welcome back to The Recovery Hour. Uh, Again, thank you to News Radio 590 for uh, letting us come to this new time, 6 to 7. It got a little bit livelier than it did on Sundays. Uh, Dr. Stewart, Dr. Loving, with me in the audience, or in the audience. They're here in the studio, the audience out there. Got a couple of calls. Hi, thanks for calling the Recovery Hour. This is Mark Myers. How can I help?
6: Hey, man, my name is Mike. Uh, I just wanted to call and kind of echo every single thing you guys are saying, man. I just can't uh, agree more. The stigma, the stuff you talked about, and after planning being really, really crucial after uh, treatment. And let people know they're listening to this and thinking, man, I don't want to have to do that, or I can't do that, or that's not for me. Um, I did all that, and... (laughs) after struggling i finally uh realized that, that that i did i did need some help and uh after after treatment i did do the sober living um and it stuck and here i am three years sober <laughs> I understand. <and> everything's better.
1: <laughs> you know uh, that's what we uh, always say pick a place and start because that's how it yeah. gets better
6: yeah man you know i was <laughs> this is funny now it wasn't funny at the time but you know, I've 4 DWIs and said I don't have a problem. I just need to drink beer.
1: well, drink beer and uh, watch for lights. Yeah, I mean that's that's the but but the reality is that is that is the denial of addiction. It just exactly. is. And I'm so glad you ended up uh getting this and uh being part of the recovery community. I I really appreciate you uh echoing the show and uh and supporting us.
6: Absolutely. And it, it, you know, again, it it does get better and you know I I, I just went to the lake the other day. It's kind of a big deal. I used to go to the lake with my friends. You know, it's always alcohol there. Now I go to the lake with a different group of friends and have a great time. And I thought that was impossible. I thought that was completely uh, an outrageous thought. And And you remember it.
1: And you remember it. That's the amazing thing.
6: (laughs) Uh, Yeah, 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 that's right. And I remember it.
1: (laughs) All right. Well, thanks again for calling in. And uh, please keep listening and and good luck in your journey, man. We do recover.
6: That's absolutely right. We do recover. Thank you. Thanks.
1: And welcome to the Recovery Hour. This is uh, Mark Myers with Dr. Loving, Dr. Stewart, how can we help?
5: Hey, um, I used to be a a peer recovery specialist back in 2008, and I was also a mental health peer support specialist. And when I was a peer recovery, uh, I kind of like hid the fact that I was at home drinking you know, whenever I finished doing meet, meetings at the, uh, community for recovery, uh, and I, I was, you know, I got the certificate to be a, to be a peer or a, uh, recovery coach, but they, they, they don't have that no more. They, but my problem is, is I'm trying to get the 12 step because I'm totally blind. And I'm trying to find out what kind of medium is out there for someone who can't see that's trying to uh, get over the uh, the addiction of alcohol.
1: So there is the now. I'm not sure with AA. I'm sure they have the same, but I know that the World Service Office of Narcotics Anonymous provides all of our literature uh, on tape and in braille. So that uh, that would be if you and and. If you want to, uh, I have your, your number saved here. If you want me to, I can text that information or leave a voicemail to that information after the show here if that yeah, would be fine. helpful. Okay. That's fine.
5: Well, that's we fine. would if certainly I'm, do if, that.
3: By the way, Mark, if I, Mark, I want to
5: get back into the uh, recovery uh, field, you know.
3: Well, uh, you got to think about Communities for Recovery. Why don't you tell them the phone number of Communities for Recovery? Yeah, that's and true. You can, you can hear these these shows over again on archives on klbj archives so if you
1: that is correct and communities for recovery i'm sure would be a great resource for you um that number is yeah. 512-758-7686 and yeah. i bet they could assist uh tremendously for you yeah. but good luck yeah. and, and- want like i said i want
5: to get back into the uh you know, to be helping others to get away from that addiction of oh, That, that volunteer group,
3: to help, you can do it through them.
1: The volunteer group you would be able to help with, and uh, there's also the helplines for Narcotics Anonymous and also the helplines for Alcoholics Anonymous. Both of those right. are available. And uh,
5: yes, yes. Okay, just, well, send, me, send me the information by voicemail.
1: I will do so, sir. Thank you for calling.
5: All right. Uh, you too. Bye.
1: And we're back. Of course, our show is going to wrap up here in about five minutes or so, but 512 uh, 836 if you would like to like to join our conversation. Our text is uh, not working, so if you have sent a text in, uh, we'll be getting back with you after the show. Uh, so call or text five one two eight three six zero five ninety. 836 doctor Stewart, Dr. Yep. Dr. Loving, a lot of good information out here tonight. Yeah, and, I'd like uh, to...
2: I could clarify something, if I may, uh, Mark. I The last caller, unless I misheard, suggested that there was no longer uh, re- peer recovery coaching being made available at Communities for Recovery. He said they don't do that anymore. No, I, order, I, and he didn't say order. Communities
3: for Recovery, I don't think. But they do it at Communities for Recovery. They, they do,
1: at Communities for Recovery. Yeah, they, recovery. Yeah, uh, they, they uh, certainly uh, offer that program for... Uh, or recovery coaching, uh, peer coaching. Yeah, uh, in fact,
2: they were just awarded uh, some of the opioid uh, money from the suit against uh, Purdue Pharmaceuticals. The Communities for Recovery was awarded some of that money to extend their peer recovery coaching program.
1: There's some, so, actually, the the money that is granted, a lot of times we, we hear about that and we don't see the results of it. But you know, I I was fortunate enough to be at an event on Thursday with Rise Recovery, an amazing detox facility that we uh, that we partner with, and uh, I was I was able to meet Sheriff Gleason with Williamson County, and I've not been as impressed with someone in a long time as I was with Sheriff Gleason. He uh, he he makes no apologies. He said he's not a fan of the Hug a Thug Club. That if you break the law. He's going to put you in jail, but he said if you're suffering from addiction, he wants to put you in treatment in a way that's going to be better, and and I'm paraphrasing that, and we hope to have him on the show as a guest because he was crucial in starting a couple of drug court programs and things that really, at the core, help, and those are the types of resources that we're trying to get out there. And uh, we do have one more call, if we can try and take it real quick. Hi, this is Mark. You are on the Recovery Hour. How can we help? Hi there. Uh, My name is Jason. You talking to me? I am talking to you, Jason. We've got about a minute, so we're going to talk fast.
7: (laughs) All right, I'll do it as fast as I can. All right, so uh, I went through a very tough divorce and uh, essentially lost my family Um, and I think a lot of it has to do with my addiction to alcohol. Um, and I I really need help to find counseling, not just for that, but counseling in general and don't currently have insurance and don't know who to talk to to, uh, can't afford to get insurance, don't know who to talk to, to try to find a way to sort things out and try to help myself out. Of the situation uh, I find myself.
1: Completely understand. And, uh, Jason, if it's okay, I see your number right now on my screen. I'm going to okay. text you our contact. And, actually, let me encourage you to do something different because we're out of time just about. Uh-huh. Go to the homepage of personalresponsibilityrecovery.com. There's a okay. contact us. Go to that contact, load your information, and just type in briefly in notes what you have just said, and myself or one of our team will get back with you because there are resources out there. This is not something we do alone. Uh, Again, it is a team sport, um, and I will, uh, yeah, we'll respond to that. So please go to our website and hit the contact page. Does that work okay?
7: Yeah, that works great, and I appreciate you guys being on at this time, because I didn't know you were on before, and uh, really, it's great to hear you guys talking.
1: Well, I appreciate, I, it. I appreciate it. Thank you for the call. Thanks. Good luck, Jason. Let's take it one day at a time, all right? And that's also the message that I usually close our show up with here. We're we're about a minute or so away from doing that. Uh, again, we always say pick a place to start. Um you know, if you've answered yes to your mind on any of these, you can, you can look that up on Am I an Addict? And uh, there's some pretty big markers in there. And actually, one of the questions is, have you ever thought you might have a problem with alcohol or drugs? That's one of the big ones because the average person uh, typically doesn't gravitate towards that question about themselves. And, you know, there's a, there's a lot of help out there we are a great resource start with us whether you use us or not we're small we're private we're not corporate driven so we're not going to be the perfect fit for everybody but we have an incredible amount of resources we have a, an unbelievable team our experienced team uh we're able to reach out and, and probably help in some way so personalresponsibilityrecovery.com uh dr stewart Thank you for your evening, Dr. Loving. I sure appreciate you, you. you joining us Thank as you. well. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're going to be back here uh, back here next Monday from 6 to 7. Next on.
2: Monday we have another special guest, Mr. Mm-hmm. Chris Gates.
1: He'll be here. We sure appreciate it, and we'll look forward to seeing you then.